helping church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast. Hey, digital communicators. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast, where we help church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. I'm your host, Johnny Flash, and uh, you're going to love this episode, episode number 10, Church PR and Crisis Communication with Justin Dean. Uh, Before we jump into the episode, though, I hope you're having an amazing summer. Uh, If you're watching the video version of this podcast, you can see I'm in a different spot than normal. I'm not at my office. I am at the beach. Uh, We're at Outer Banks in North Carolina, enjoying the time here. I think all the kids are at the pool right now, so the house is quiet, and uh, hopefully there won't be any BBC News interruptions. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be nice and quiet. So, uh, in case you didn't hear, though, Uh, About a week ago, my daughter had a little accident. She decided to jump off a train. That's right, a train. Now, thankfully, the train wasn't moving, but the problem was where she jumped off the train was about six feet high. We were at a playground, actually. (laughs) And uh, she decided to jump off the train and... um, Unfortunately, she didn't land very well. So uh, you probably heard last episode, I talked about my son who about a month ago decided to uh, jump off uh, the swing set and he broke his arm and that was terrible and he's still in a cast here at the beach. Thankfully, he's in a waterproof cast. But then um, my daughter about a couple weeks ago decided to jump off this train at the playground and it was about six feet high and so She's only seven years old and didn't land well and she broke her leg. So she's in a cast now. So I've got two kids in cast at the beach. Makes for kind of an interesting beach week, but uh, hopefully your beach uh, time or your summer has not been as crazy and uh, that you've been able to get some R&R in. So if you didn't know, there's a video version of this podcast. You can see my daughter in her bright pink cast uh, on the video. And um, if you want to get the show notes for this or watch the video, just go to AmplifiedImpact.org. It's all there. And of course, you can go on iTunes and leave us a positive review. That always helps. And I just wanted to give you a little heads up that because I'm recording this at the beach, uh, the internet connection isn't so great here. So there's a few audio blips. The video is lower quality than usual. Uh, We've done our best to edit it, so not to worry. But just as a heads up, if there's a little few blips here, those won't be in the next episode. I'll be back in my office and things will be humming along. So just wanted to give you a heads up about that. Well, let's get right to it. Justin Dean is the author of PR Matters, a survival guide for church communication. He is the co-host of That Church podcast and he runs That Church conference. Uh, Previously, he was on staff at Mars Hill Church from 2011 to 2014. Um, he's going to share a little bit about that and kind of the story of, of all of that. If you don't know it, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, and he also has a, a corporate PR background as well. So he's got, he's got all kinds of experience. If anyone has some church experience to talk about this stuff, uh, it's Justin. So you're going to love this interview. Here it is. Hey, Justin, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No problem, John. I'm excited to be here. Hey, Justin, so um, in case someone's been under a rock or something, doesn't know who you are and all that you're doing in the church communication space, uh, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of your background and what, and what you're up to? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, most people, uh, if they do know me, it's, it's probably from my time at Mars Hill Church up in Seattle. So I, I was there for uh, about five years, going to that church on staff for almost four, and I was the communications director there. So I, I oversaw social media, uh, both of our websites, all of our editorial content marketing, uh, and public relations. Um, so we were there till, uh, till the bitter end, and then uh, now we moved back to Atlanta, Georgia, um, where we had lived before, and I run that church conference. So we teach uh, churches how to uh, make the most of digital communication, social media, things like that, how to uh, use the technology around us to spread the gospel as, as far as wide, far and as wide as we can. So I'm the director of the conference here uh, based in Atlanta, and uh, that's, that's what I do these days. That's cool. And just for, for folks that maybe don't know the Mars Hill story, you don't have to give the, 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 the long version, just kind of the, the short version of kind of, you know, what happened and, and kind of what you had to deal with there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, particularly in my role, I was the spokesperson for the church um, and uh, we were one of the fastest growing, one of the largest churches uh, in, in the world, really. Uh, for a while there, uh, we had 15 locations, five different states and about fifteen to 20,000 people every Sunday and a few hundred thousand people watching online with the content that we'd put out there. Yeah, huge and, following, uh, huge following. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, Marcel had definitely uh, a huge following. And then at the end of 2015, so December 31st, 2000, uh, actually 14, was the last day there. We closed uh, all of our churches. Pastor Mark Driscoll had resigned uh, a couple Months before that, it's kind of our contingency plan, if anything ever happened to him, was all of our campuses would become autonomous churches just all on their own. So, thing and uh, awarded the you know money out to each one of those churches, and hmm. we had 15 campuses. I think 12 of them um, actually went off and amidst kind of a you know a media storm, different accusations and things like that uh, against him. Uh, we just we had to close the the church, so um, that was the end of that. At the end of 2014, and uh, we came on back to uh, Lane at that time. So it must have been. I mean, that was must have been crazy. 15 campuses, all the followers, everything, and the church has to basically close down. I mean, in terms of being Mars Hill Church, and so you must have just had all kinds of PR stuff going on, right, with all of this. Certainly, yeah. I mean, there was there was tons to communicate at the time. Um, you know, have, having to field all those media requests and things like that. I and mean, at, at the time, it was for one a, a major local story. The the local TV stations were covering it almost every night on uh, local TV there in Seattle. And then we had a guy like the New York Times flew out uh, a guy to spend a week with us, visit a few different campuses. I mean, it, it was on the front page of the New York Times twice, the Seattle Times twice. Um, you know, pretty much every national newspaper covered it uh, at, at some point. So there was definitely uh, a lot going on PR-wise. Yeah, and so was that kind of the genesis for the book that you just published, uh, PR Matters? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I came out of that, um, you know, I, I started that position at Mars Hill, really was a marketing position, and, uh, you know, it turned into more of a, a PR communications position for sure. But there really wasn't any training uh, out there for that. I had experience in public relations um, at, in the corporate world, uh, but nothing quite like what we experienced there. And there just wasn't anything for the church. I, I wanted churches to be prepared. We As prepared as we were, because we actually were 
uh, paying attention to a lot of that stuff, um, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into or what could happen based off of uh, bloggers and media covering us. So I wrote the book, uh, not really as uh, saying that I'm the expert in this area, but hey, here, here's what I've learned uh, through what I went through at Mars Hill, and and hopefully it can help other churches be prepared as well. Yeah, no, I think it's I think totally it's it's a it's a big hole in the church, and so I think you're that you're filling a great space. Uh, so let's dive into the book if we can for a few minutes. It's a, it's a fantastic book, PR Matters, a survival guide for church communication. And let's just kind of start off with what it, what is PR for those that are maybe listening, thinking of it kind of in a newsy corporate kind of way. Uh, what what is PR? Yeah, certainly it it definitely gets kind of a, a bad rap because people do think of PR. Uh, when a politician's spinning something or a big uh, corporate company is trying to hide something or or uh, put out a perception of, of what they aren't. And so you can definitely abuse PR, can definitely um, you know have some bad aspects to it. But really, when you think about it, PR is just everything that we say or do. It's really managing the perception of what people think of you or your church or your company and aligning that with what the actual reality is. So taking your mission and your vision and who you are and who you want to be and aligning that with the way that people actually um, think about you based on what they see on social media, based on what they see by driving by your building or watching your sermons or coming to your church. Everyone has a perception about you. So, you know, in the book, I say everyone's doing PR, whether you actually have a plan, a strategy behind it or not, you're already doing it because people are forming perceptions and you're forming a reputation. PR is really saying, okay, we're, we're going to actually put a strategy around this and make sure that that perception aligns with the reality of who we actually are. Hmm. And when I love in the book, I think you quote uh, a former Apple executive, Gene Lewis, who said, you know, advertising is saying you're good and PR is getting someone else to say you're good. And I think that's a that's like a kind of an easy, quick way to remember, you know. So, um, well, this is good. So you, in the book, you kind of go into the 10 traits of a PR person. And, and we don't have to go through all those now. But there was two in there that kind of caught my eye. And you said that a PR person needs to be thick-skinned and they need mm-hmm. to be adventurous. And I just was wondering if you could kind of dive into those a little bit. I think some of the other ones on the list, you know, maybe are a little more natural for people in the church, like yeah. discernment and trustworthiness and those kind of things. But the thick-skinned and the adventurous really kind of grabbed me. And I wanted you to just kind of unpack those a little bit. Sure. I mean, with thick skin, basically what I'm saying is, is anybody who's handling PR for a church in particular – in today's world, in today's context, definitely needs to have thick skin. Not because of what I went through at Mars Hill. Certainly needed to have thick skin for that in order to stay all the way through the end. And a lot of people didn't stay all the way through to the end. And uh, it, it, that can definitely happen to your church. But that's that's the extreme scenario. M- most churches, when you're dealing with a PR crisis, it's because someone left a negative comment on your social media and you need to have a plan to go around this to be prepared but when that happens, you, you need thick skin to be able to deal with it, to be able to stay on mission, to be able to stay on message and deal with it because the world wants us to fail. The world wants us to be bland. The world wants Christians uh, to be, to really to stay the minor- minority, especially in today's world with the political climate we're in, with racism, yeah. crazy. I mean, you, you know what's going on in the world today. If you have Facebook, you, you just it's, it's hard to even look at these days. And that's the context that we're doing ministry in. So to be able to get a clear gospel message through all of that, 
you really need thick skin to be able to handle the, the criticism, the negative comments, the things that will happen, uh, and be able to weather that storm so that you can communicate well for your church. Really, I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're all humans. You, you can be a squeaky clean, perfect church who does everything great. Um, and, you know, if you ask the churches where the pastor slept with somebody that he shouldn't have, or there's embezzlement, or just whatever, like whatever the sin is, they're always going to say, well, we didn't, we didn't see that coming. Of course, you didn't see it coming. Otherwise, the guy would have been removed a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. we're, all, we're all susceptible to sin, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to be prepared for that. And it, it doesn't even have to be something you did. It just has to be an ex-member or a blogger or somebody who just wants to pick a fight saying, you know what, I think this about that church. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, it goes viral and you got to deal with it. Yeah, we even at my church, we had to deal with something like this because we had hired, like years ago, someone who was a registered um, person on a sexual offender list that we knew, who had been through recovery, who had been in the ministry for a long time, was nowhere near kids or anything, but then someone just you know, d- discovered, and we had disclosed this to the church. It wasn't even like we were hiding this or anything. But but then someone decides to make a big deal about it, you know, like, oh, how could they have this person on the staff? And they're probably doing this. Has no idea of their job responsibilities, all the checks that we had in place. I mean, yeah. I had known this person for a long time. So, I mean, even with my own kids, like, I felt comfortable with this person around, you know. But obviously, we still had checks in place just for just for safety. But then it kind of blows into this social media firestorm and blog posts and this and that all about, like, Basically, someone who's uninformed, who's just wanting to kind of, you know, used to go to, went to the church for a short time, long time ago, and right. decides to like blow it up, you know. So it's, it is well, crazy. Yeah. You need, you know, you did everything right and you had all those things in place and you went through the process, but that's not, it's not something you're going to put up on your website or post about all the time. Like that's, that's something that you need to have in place to be able to communicate well when it comes up. Uh, and you know that you're prepared for, but that's the thing. We we can do good. We can we can do everything right, but unless you're telling people about it, uh, they're going to come up to their own conclusions. They're going to make their own story about it. So yeah, yeah. You, need, you know you need to be managing that kind of stuff. Yeah, it certainly comes up. Yeah, and then on the adventurous side, uh, kind of unpack yeah. that a little bit because I think they you know there's kind of uh, the balance there, right? Yeah, totally. You know, what I see mostly is uh, people who are running social media for churches, they kind of like to be behind the scenes, they like to be on the computer, they're not really the, um, you know, they might be more introverted, uh, but really when it comes to like managing PR and building relationships with others and things like that, uh, I say you need to be adventurous or at least have someone on on the team who can be a little adventurous because um, really we do live in a world where um they want us to be blamed, you know, Christians in particular. And I think that we need to be more bold. We need we need to get out there. If we really want to share the gospel with more people and grow our churches and grow our influence and things like that, then we need to be bold. We need to get out there. We need to kind of think outside the box. We need to post more on social media than just our events. We need to post some things that actually might be a little controversial um, when it comes to sharing our beliefs, you know, about Jesus and, and what he taught because uh, it's pretty controversial stuff. I mean, they killed the guy over it. So yeah. if we really want to get that true message out and not just be a bland church that kind of fits in the society around us, then uh, you need people on your team who are a little adventurous who can who can get out there 
uh, and share that message far and wide and be able to deal with the consequences that are going to handle mm. that are going to you know come your way so you can handle it well mm, mm. that's great that's great and I think you know there's all there's also a tendency for churches to just kind of copy and do what other churches are doing and so I like I like what you're saying with the adventurers there um, another part of the book you kind of go into creating a PR plan and I'm I'm a huge advocate of setting goals you know whether I'm helping a church with their website or their branding or whatever it's like you know for me it's always about what does success look like in 12 months or 24 months like how do we know that we really knocked it out of the park and so kind of dive into what it looks like on the PR side with setting your PR goals creating that plan like what does that look like if you can kind of give some practical tips or steps to kind of moving in the right direction there yeah, sure. I, I think it you know it starts with identifying like who who's going to be able to handle this. So looking at those traits of what what makes a good PR person and saying, okay, you know I'm I'm good at these things, but maybe I'm not such a great writer. Uh, so 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 saying, okay, maybe we bring in someone from the congregation who can volunteer and write, or maybe there's someone else on staff who's a better writer. Or okay, you know I'm not great on camera, and I, I don't want to go on TV if something happens, or I don't want to talk to a reporter that scares me to death. But hey, this other guy has experience with that. Maybe he can help. And so it's assembling that whole team and identifying that and documenting it right away to say, okay, who, you know who's our spokesperson. Uh, if if we need to communicate something or reply to something, uh, and that may be, you know, maybe your senior pastor, maybe your worship pastor, maybe the communications person, um, and each scenario might actually require a different spokesperson depending on uh, a lot of different scenarios. But documenting that stuff starts to create a PR plan um, and being intentional with okay. Why are we using social media? How do we want to use social media? Do we want to engage with people who are engaging with our page? What's the parameters around that? What do we do if someone posts um, something negative? You know, do we want to be a church who uh, just deletes that and, and moves on and keeps everything positive? Or do we want to actually engage with that person because they're a real person? And, and you know, do we have uh, frequently asked questions prepared and ready to go so that we can be on the same page with those answers? Um, and then, you know, part of that is preparing for a crisis, creating a, a crisis plan. Uh, to say, okay, if something does go wrong, um, you know, how do we respond to that um, and, and what's our plan? Because when something does occur, you really don't have time to put together that plan. You don't have time to, um, you know, assemble the committee and figure out what you're going to do. You, you need to have that all documented in place so you can just kind of get going, especially if the news and media are involved because you're you're dealing with hours, not, not even days. Um, sure. So being able to reply to them and communicate well. So I, I'm sure there's a communication director that's listening, hearing hearing this, knowing you know a little bit of the story of Mars Hill and everything and thinking, we really need this in place <laughs> at our church. How do they begin to have the conversation with their pastor or someone on staff to even, because it's kind of awkward, right? I mean, it, it, the, the problem may or may not involve the pastor, right, when it happens. So you have to have kind of right. different contingencies depending on what the issue is. But it, it can be uncomfortable because I think we... You know, especially someone that maybe has been a pastor for a while or it's a little bit older church or whatever. There's kind of this you don't want to really think about the the possibilities sure. of something bad like this happening. Um, sure. So how do you have that conversation and bring this up? Well, I think if you're a communications director, manager, or even a social media coordinator, I don't care if you're on staff or volunteer. I think the best thing you can do is to start start to think about the stuff yourself, start to build this documentation up. I mean, it, with my book, I offer a complete crisis communications plan already written out. You kind of mm. just fill in the blanks and, and you'll be 
good to go at least on a basic starter level. So take take that stuff, take those resources, start to build out a plan for you. The, the best thing you can do is actually start to think about what are some of the scenarios, um, crisis scenarios that our church uh, might actually be uh, susceptible to. So it, it could be weather related. Okay, you know, maybe you live in a tornado area. What are what is our plan if a tornado affects Sunday morning to where we don't want people to come to church? How do we get that message out? And what is the plan? Start documenting that. Okay, tornado disaster plan. Step one, post to our Facebook page. Step two, post a banner on our website. Enable our texting service. Whatever you got, like mm-hmm. document all that out. Uh, you know, what do we do if someone comments a negative thing on on Facebook? What's our plan for that? Document all that out. Try to build up a plan as much as you can and then present that to your senior leadership and say, hey, I'm starting to think about this stuff. I, you know, here's why it's good. Here's some scenarios um, to where we want to be prepared for. Can you guys give me more resources, more time uh, to actually build this out and all get on the same page with it? Because it's important to to have especially senior leadership on on the same page with all that. Hopefully you'll get their their buy-in um, with that. Because you're right, if you just go up to your senior pastor and say, hey, you know, I, I think we need to build a crisis plan. I think we need to have a PR plan in place. They're going to say, man, we don't need to worry about that stuff. Nothing's going to happen here. Don't, don't worry. Um, and they may brush it off. It's it's really, it's like life insurance or yeah. car insurance or anything like that. You, you really, you think I'm a good driver. I don't really need full coverage or man, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s. We're healthy. We don't really need that much life insurance. You never really want to think about it. But man, if something happens, you're you're going to be very happy that that was already in place uh, to be able to take care of your family and things like that. And so kind of think of this the same way. It, it's something that hopefully you never really have to, to use. But if you don't have it in place when something happens, it, it's too late. There's, there's nothing you can do at that point. Hmm. I love that analogy. I think that's a great way to look at it in terms of like a life insurance where it's like something, you you know, I don't want my wife to ever have to cash in on that policy, but like, you know, God forbid something were to happen, like it's there and and that'll make it, you know, it'll be difficult, but it'll be that much easier, you know, and I think that's, that's true with the crisis plan. Yeah. Totally. And in the same way, you're making those life insurance payments every month, right? And you're thinking, man, this is just throwing money away. I wish that we could just do without this, or if money's tight, that's one of the first things you're thinking. Man, I really could, you know, stop that for a while, and we'd be fine. I'm not going to die tomorrow. And in the same way, with the building a PR plan and a crisis plan, it takes time and energy to put into that. Like that's your monthly payments. You you've got to review that plan. You've got to constantly um, be up to date on on the world around you and things like that. It takes time and effort, not a not a ton. But it takes time and effort almost on a monthly basis to keep that active and keep it alive. You can't just put it on a, in a folder and put it on the shelf and dust it off when a crisis hits. Like It needs to be something you're constantly thinking about, uh, even though you, you may never use it. You know? Yeah, no, that's great. This is great. You've got so much packed into the book. We could spend a lot of time talking about all the different you know, parts with the, creating the plan and the relationships and the power of the press and social media. There's just a lot in there. I love that you've kind of packaged it all up for the church, made it easy to implement. It's really great. Is there anything before we kind of move on to the amplified impact speed round that you want to kind of throw in there about, about PR? No, I I think, you know, churches just, just need to not be scared to think about this stuff. You you don't need, you you may hear the Mars Hill story or hear, 
um, you know, New Spring or Crosspoint or any of these big churches who have gone through major, major uh, situations and think, well, we're, we don't have to worry about that. We're a church of 100 in Ohio. It's like, man, you probably need to worry about it more because it's, it's even harder for you to make a bigger impact uh, with the gospel. Uh, and in your particular community, there's a lot more that you need to think about. And so I think it's just, you know, whether you pick up my book or whether you just do this stuff on your own, I think you need to start thinking about um, how we can make a better impact and how we can be prepared um, you know, to, to handle what comes if we do. Hmm, hmm, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, let's jump into our amplified, uh, impact speed round. I'm just going to kind of fire off a few questions here, uh, get some, some insights from you, and then we'll let people know how to get the book and connect with you. Um, okay. So what's, what would you say? And I know you talk with church communicators all the time. What's the first thing that any new church communicator or director needs to know? Man, I'd say, like, you're not alone. So, uh, like, if, if you're, we hear this all the time, you know, people come to our conferences and stuff, and they're like, man, you know, I'm the communications director, but two weeks ago I was the receptionist or I was a volunteer or something. So a lot of people are new to this role. A lot of churches are still, um, don't even have this role. So they're, they're just now getting around to saying, okay, yeah, we, we can put someone full-time on social media or something like that. So I would say you're not alone, like, Look for resources out there. There's there's a ton of new books popping up, not just mine, like Less Chaos, Less Noise by Ken Myers, great. Mark McDonald's got a great book. And then there's Facebook groups. I mean, the, the Church Communications Facebook group alone is 10,000 people and tons of resources and help there. So seek out that stuff. Seek out people who are giving away uh, free resources or cheap resources for the church. Um, you know, come to our conference or watch online for free. Um, it's it's not hard to, to find stuff on how to do this well in the context of a church and a ministry. That's great. Uh, what's when, So while you were on staff at Mars Hill, what was the best thing you did to attract new visitors before everything kind of like spiraled, you know, out of control a little bit? Uh, what was the best thing that you guys did to attract visitors? Man, I'll tell you, we didn't really do uh, a whole lot when it comes to like advertising. Um, I wish we were more active in the community doing stuff like that, but but we really weren't. Like we were deliberately focused on just good, solid preaching and and really nothing else. But the one thing that we did do is is we really paid attention to uh, people online. We knew the impact of social media. We knew the impact of people watching our sermons online. So we put a ton of resources and time into actually trying to figure out who those people were engaging with them, replying to comments on social media, things like that, and building profiles about, okay, who are these people who are following our page? Who are these people that are watching our videos? Uh, like, you know, for example, instead of just putting our sermon up on the website to watch, you actually had to give us your email address and create a profile in order to watch it. And then we would tie that into our church management software. So if you were watching our sermon online, we knew, okay, were you a part of our church? If you are, did you go to the last men's retreat? Are you part of a small group? You know, are you giving regularly? Um, you know, we, we would try to cross-reference all of this information to get to know you better in order to be able to serve you better uh, with the messages that we were putting out, with the you know questions we were asking, um, things like that. So I think that churches can can really learn from that to to try and understand. Hey, the online audience is actually far greater than our physical church can ever be. Um, so maybe we should learn how to meet those people's needs as well. Hmm. Hmm. What's your favorite tool for ministry? Website, app, program? What, what, what's kind of your favorite tool? You know, I think a website's really important for our church. Um, and I don't think that the 
are really using them well. Most churches, if they do have a good-looking website, it's nothing more than just like a brochure for the church. You know, here's our service times, here's some some photos, and here's some information on the church. But a website is, is a crazy awesome tool that can be used in a number of different ways. We, we need to be looking at, um, you know, different blogs and, and uh, content out there in the way that they're using it. There's no reason why a church shouldn't be doing lead generation stuff like giving away a free ebook if you give us your email address and then we can feed you more content and and find out ways to to be able to meet your needs better um, churches aren't doing that stuff at least not not many of them um, you know they're they're so quick get a cookie cutter app out of squarespace site um, but that's that's it. it you know it's great that you have an online presence so I know you know where your service times are but there's far more that you can do with that to get good content out there in order to spread the gospel more. Do you have any favorite tool that you personally use, like uh, app or, or program or anything? You know, as a PR guy, I love, there's an app called Mention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like uh, uh, Google, Google, I don't even think Google has these anymore, but uh, Google Alerts. Okay. Uh, they've changed quite a bit, but you can, you can enter phrases like your pastor's name or your church name or even just your city name and church um, you know, whatever you want to search for, and then it'll alert you anytime that that's mentioned. So it's a really good way to keep tabs on um, what people are saying about your church and your pastors, and what people are saying about God and Jesus in general in your community, and you can get alerts for those, um, just so you can kind of keep tabs on what's going on and make sure that you're, um, you know, following up with everyone, because they're not always going to tag you, they're not always going to post on your Facebook page, but they're still talking about you. So that's a great way to... Uh, you know, kind of keep tabs on everything. That's cool. Uh, last question. Who, who do you recommend I interview next on the podcast and why? Well, my co-founder, Van Baird, he's, uh, you know, he's got a social agency called Relational Equity, and he talks a lot about just building relationships online, listening online more than we post, things like that. He's, he's an incredible uh, speaker when it comes to that. And uh, I would say Dave Adamson from, from North Point. He's the social media director and online pastor there. Uh, brilliant guy when it comes to social media, to online church, to photography. Uh, tons you can speak to those guys about. Great, great. Thanks so much. Well, hey, Justin, before we go, uh, let people know how they can connect with you. I know your book is at, uh, is it P, uh, churchprbook.com? Is that right? Yep, that's right. Okay. And um, what, where is there somewhere else that folks should go as well to connect with you? Yeah, definitely check out our conference at thatcc.com. Uh, we do the big conference every year in Atlanta, and we do online conferences as well. And you can live stream for free, and we give out free content. And you can also uh, upgrade to, to get a ton more content and resources that way. So thatcc.com. The book is at churchprbook.com, or you can go on Amazon. And uh, if you want to connect with me, just personally, justinjdean.com is really kind of where you can find everything. Great, great. Thanks so much. Justin, thank you again. This has been this has been great. Your book is fantastic. Uh, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes page and everything. Everyone who's listening needs to go get that book because I think this is an area that most churches are just not prepared to deal with, and you really unpack it. So, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for your expertise. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed my conversation with Justin. I'm so glad that he could come on and share about his new book. If you haven't gotten his new book, uh, it was just released about a month ago. You need to go get that. Go on Amazon, uh, download it, or get the Kindle version, or go to churchprbook.com 
and uh, you can get it there as well. He's got tons of freebies. He's got templates. He's got basically everything in there that you need to implement this at your church. So highly recommend it. Five-star rating on Amazon. Uh, definitely go check that out. And uh, also go on the website, amplifiedimpact.org. You can get all the links that we talked about, the different things that we referenced. All the links are there. Um, and this has been fun as always. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Uh, have a great rest of your summer. I'll see you soon. Until then, amp it up.